open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. The Lord was my stay in the day of my calamity. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but wilt break down high looks. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. The Lord was my stay in the day of my calamity. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me, because he delighted in me.
The Old Testament lesson for the second Sunday after Trinity is written in the ninth chapter of Proverbs, beginning at the first verse. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved out her seven pillars. She has prepared her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries from the highest places of the city, Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who is void of understanding, she says to him, Come, eat some of my bread. Drink some of my wine which I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live. Walk in the way of understanding. One who corrects a mocker invites insult. One who reproves a wicked man invites abuse. Don't reprove a scoffer, lest he hate you. Reprove a wise person, and he will love you. Instruct a wise person, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous person, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the third chapter of the first epistle of St. John, beginning at the thirteenth verse. Don't be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. He who doesn't love his brother remains in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and then closes his heart of compassion against him, how does God's love remain in him? My little children, let's not love in word only or with the tongue only, but in deed and truth. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. In my distress I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the fourteenth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When one of those who sat at the table with Jesus heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who will feast in God's kingdom. But he said to him, A certain man made a great supper, and he invited many people. He sent out his servants at supper time to tell those who were invited, Come, for everything is ready now. They all as one began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I must go try them out. Please have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I can't come. That servant came and told his lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor, maimed, blind, and lame. The servant said, Lord, it is done as you commanded, and there is still room. The Lord said to the servant, Go out in the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you that none of these men who were invited will taste of my supper. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our scriptures this morning, there's a question that arises. What do you have? There's other ways of asking this. What are you thankful for? Have you counted your blessings? But in the scriptures, it comes off a little more blunt. What do you have? And you may have answers running through your head right now. You have a good spouse, good friends, a good home, a good job, good health, good food at every meal, and so on. You count your blessings like we all do. All these are blessings for which we should be thankful. And yet, even as we give these type of answers, still the scriptures continue to ask, what do you have? And the question comes from our gospel, which begins, when one of those who reclined at table with Jesus heard these things, he, began, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will, eat, who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But Jesus said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a field and I must go and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So here are three men approached by the servant. And what do these three men have? Well, the first has a field that he just bought, which he just has to go see. And perhaps this is land, a field Maybe the field is land where he can build a house and then plant crops where he can harvest for grain and then make bread from what he harvests so he can have food on his table. The second man has five yoke, that is five pairs of oxen, most likely to work the fields, but maybe someday he could butcher them for meat. And the third man has married a wife. Maybe he's a newlywed eager to be with his wife, or maybe he's a married man with a family that keeps him busy. I've married a wife. I have to take care of my home. But listen to these men, and you hear them counting their blessings. They have good wives, maybe children, good homes. They have land and houses. They have good jobs and good health. They have bread and meat on their tables and families to enjoy it with. So many blessings. And yet, did you notice there's one thing they could have, but they won't receive it. The servant of the master has come to them with an invitation, come for everything is ready. But as these men count their blessings, they don't even really acknowledge the invite to this great banquet. The first two men claim that they have one other thing, that they have a need to be forgiven or excused from being at the banquet, as if they were to tell the servant, look at the many earthly blessings we have. Surely your master will understand that we can't make his banquet. 
And the third man, he doesn't even pretend to need an excuse. He just assumes everyone will understand family is much more important than the banquet. We do this too, don't we? As we ask ourselves what we have, as we count our blessings and think of what we're thankful for, it's easy to answer like these men did. With all our earthly blessings. But are we also like these men and never including the invitation to the great banquet as something that we have? And consider what this means. Like the men, we have bread and meat to eat. But can earthly food give you life on end? We have homes. We have companionship of wives and husbands, of families. But homes eventually end. In our culture, a marriage has just as much chance at ending in divorce as it does with a spouse's death. And in a home, children eventually will move away, get married themselves, build their own homes. Someday the warm homes we have now, they will be gone. And also like the men, most of us, all of us, have jobs or vocations. But one day our bodies will fail, we'll have to retire. And the hard work that we did all throughout our life will fade away. You see, the problem with believing that the earthly things are the only blessings we have, and the problem with counting only the earthly things as our blessings, is that they're all temporal. They only last for a time. They all come to an end. None, none of them can earn us life or sustain our lives into perpetuity. Eventually, earthly blessings fail. We will die. And so here is where the Master sends us his invitation. He sends it to those men and to us. The invitation is to receive and have him as Lord, to receive and have from him a heavenly promised land that he has bought for us with his blood. The invitation is to receive and have from him heavenly food, food that is the flesh of the Son of God, which sustains life to eternity. Here is an invitation to be with the master of the feast forever. These men didn't do anything for this invitation. We don't need to do anything for this invitation. Here it is given to you for us to receive, for us to have freely. The man said at the beginning of the gospel, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Well, here's the invite for us to do just that. But these three men in our reading, they despise this invite they despise this invitation of divine love for their own earthly goods. Instead of having reverence and love for the Lord of the banquet, they feared and loved their bellies, their wealth, their families. You see, they don't abide in the love of God. They have no love for their brothers. These men have their own. They're happy with what they have here on earth. They couldn't care less if their brothers go without. As long as they have theirs. And even their word and talk is empty. They explain they have a need to be excused from the banquet, but those words are completely empty. They don't care if they're excused. In our first John reading in the epistle, John says, a murderer has no eternal life abiding in him. 
In this way, these men are no better than the murderer. They have their earthly life that they want to abide in. But they reject the eternal life that God gives them freely. And this is our temptation as well, to forego the feast at this altar, to reject the invitation of the preached word, and to despise the supper while desiring what only is earthly. And there's many ways we can despise the great banquet. Maybe it's for the luxury of a morning at home. Maybe we, maybe we despise the supper for a side job that earns us a little more cash. Maybe we despise it for sports or family or any other endless excuses. We'll despise the supper for one Sunday. And then it'll be a second Sunday, which turns into a month, which turns into years. And there's always that excuse, no, I'll come back to church soon, just not now. Then weeks and months and years go by. But you see, the invitation to the banquet isn't for later, it's for now. The invitation is not there for infinity. It's not there for all time. The Lord of the banquet will not have his supper despised and put off for other things. Because soon the banquet hall will be full and the doors to the house will close. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Yes, that is true. But of those who despise the invitation for earthly treasures, the master of the banquet says, For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. They despised it for earthly things. The master's judgment is severe. But if you notice after this, his compassion's even greater. In our gospel it says, So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, after he was angry, he says to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. And the, and the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. The three men from before with all their earthly blessings, believed they had no need. No need for the invite, no need for the master, no need for the banquet. They were ready to stand before the master with all the earthly things they had, their families, their food, their works. They thought that was enough. However, as those three men despised the invite, notice then whom the master sends the next round of invites to. He sends the invites to the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, and all those lost on the highways. Now these people, they probably had some earthly blessings. It doesn't mention it, but they probably had some. But what they also had was something those three men didn't. They had a need to be saved. They recognized their sin and in repentance knew they had need of a Savior. The poor are the spiritually impoverished. And in sin, they had need for this invite. The lame and the crippled knew that they were corrupted in sin. They're lame and crippled. They knew they had no works that they could do on their own to save themselves. The blind knew that false religions and the ways of the world kept them in darkness. 
They knew they had need of a true light. Those lost on the highways knew the aimlessness of their sin. They had a need to be found. What did they have? What were their blessings? What were they thankful for? They had a need, and now they had the invite to the great banquet. And they were grateful for that, in, they were grateful for that invite above all things. That invite became their most treasured possession. We know that because they came to the wedding hall once they received it. Come, for everything is ready, the master says. Well, here the poor have come, and they have in the banquet eternal riches. Here the crippled and the lame have come, and in this banquet they have the medicine of immortality to make them well. Here the blind have come, and at this banquet is a divine light so that they can see. Here the lost have come because they've been found, and at this banquet they have come home. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. This morning we were like the poor, the blind, the lame, the crippled, the lost, this, because this morning we confessed our sin. We confess that we have need of salvation. And as those words of absolution were spoken, we see that in baptism the need is met. In the waters we have the divine name. And in that divine name we have the forgiveness of Christ crucified for our sins. We have the Spirit poured out onto us. And the Spirit brings us from death to life. We have in those waters God as our Father as we are made His children. In the waters we have eternal life and the invitation to this great banquet. The invitation is good forever. In baptism the Spirit creates in us in baptism the Spirit creates us anew so that we have in us now a perpetual reverence and a perpetual longing for the divine name that is we have a longing, an eternal longing for what's offered here at this banquet. Because in this divine name is the invite to divine love. Come for everything is ready. Everything you need is ready. Divine love is here for you now. It will not leave you destitute and mere earthly treasures, but it will establish you and raise you up in the unmovable love of God that's in Christ crucified. So that as you cry out to the divine name, as we cry out to God in distress, here He answers our prayer in this banquet. He has this here for us to run to. And here at this banquet, He's our strength, our rock, our stay. The banquet is ready now for us to run to any time. There is no higher blessing on earth than the heavenly blessing you receive here. There's nothing more you could have than what you receive here. And that being said, we're thankful for all the earthly blessings of food that we have to eat at our dining room tables, but we're thankful for it because it prepares us to receive the eternal heavenly food we'll eat at this table. We should be thankful for the work and wealth that God provides to us in this life, but only so we can use it to help our brothers in need so that 
helping them with our work and wealth. They can join us at this altar and in heaven we'll have treasures beyond measure. We're thankful in this life for the companionship of a spouse and children and a home, but we're thankful for it only so that we can bring them from the dining room table where we gather to the Lord's table, where we can live in the presence of our Lord, where we can be with the family of God in His holy temple. Because all earthly blessings are a means to an end. They're to bring us here, to bring us to this banquet, which is what we desire. It's the very thing for which our hearts in baptism desire above all else. This is our eternal reality, and that's what we have. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, who never fails to help and govern those whom you bring up in your steadfast fear and love, make us to have a perpetual fear and love of your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, 
and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.